Part one, chapter four of Garcia Moreno by Augustine Berth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Flores, eighteen thirty to eighteen forty five. We have described in our preface the birth of the Republic of Ecuador out of the dismemberment of Bolivar's ephemeral creation of the state of Colombia. In the name of the sovereign people, the deputies of Quito, Guayaquil, and Cuenca framed a constitution in hot haste giving universal suffrage, one chamber, a president elected every four years, and the naturalization of all strangers, whether civil or military. The new president was General Juan José Flores, a native of Venezuela, who for a long time had been the military chief of the country, and one of Bolivar's best officers. He was a thorough gentleman, as distinguished in society as in the field but he soon found himself unable to cope with the strange mercenary troops that the new constitution had been foolish enough to naturalize. They were nothing but bands of brigands ravaging the whole country, which speedily became bankrupt. Agriculture and commerce were ruined, and famine stared everyone in the face. A war which broke out in New Granada, in which Flores was defeated, turned the whole population against him. A leader of the disaffected was found in a political adventurer named Rockefeller. Flores, however, was equal to the occasion, and Wakefiert, having taken refuge on board one of the vessels in the harbor, Flores had him seized in the middle of the night and brought in chains to his palace. Instead of being shot, however, Flores represented to him all the horrors of civil war, and implored him to labor with him in the pacification of the country, offering him the post of governor of Guayaquil. Wakefiert, who after four years was elected president himself, joyfully accepted this proposal, he restored the finances and maintained peace at home and abroad, but was a determined enemy of the church and of the clergy, and a warm supporter of secular education. Flores resumed the presidential chair when the term of Rockefeller's office had expired, but then, determined to make a coup d'etat and become an absolute ruler with a new constitution, giving him supreme power. Even this the people might have accepted if Flores, hating the supremacy of the church and in league with the Freemasons, had not shown a marked intolerance against the Catholic clergy, and opened the doors to every species of heresy. The people of Ecuador loved their church, their priests, their religious, and their holy worship and ceremonies. In vain did Flores praise the beauties of toleration. The people rose in a body and protested solemnly against the new constitution. Patriotic societies were formed in every town and village to organize resistance against the new laws. All the most respectable portion of the community joined them, officers, lawyers, landed proprietors, commercial men, all, in fact, who had any weight in the country, and among them Garcia Moreno, as we may imagine, was not the last. He was then only twenty-three, but by his eloquence, ability, and high character, he quickly gathered around him a group of young men of the best families, and prepared them for active resistance. The campaign was opened by a protest of the clergy against their exclusion from the legislative chambers, to this the convention replied that they had acted in accordance with their rights and that no one could interfere with the will of the sovereign people this declaration raised a tempest of wrath throughout the country men rushed up and down the street crying out down with the constitution we will have our religion instead of yielding to the wish of the nation the government put out a ukase insisting on every one taking an oath to the new constitution a few ignorant and weak persons, both lay and clerical, yielded, but the majority flatly refused, which so exasperated Flores 
they condemned the refractory members to a deprivation of all political rights or employment and even to exile if they persisted in their refusal then civil war broke out in reality no sooner was the ukase of proscription made known than the people rose in a body throughout the whole country as the government whose finances were exhausted had lately passed the capitation tax of three piastres the war cry was down with the three pesos hurrah for our holy religion to make a successful stand against flores disciplined troops money arms and above all good officers were needed and these once the patriotic league determined to supply as soon as possible one day their scouts found out that flores was going to send a large quantity of guns to the governor of napo and that indian troops were in charge of this convoy garcia moreno with a handful of his young comrades hid himself in the mountains and patiently awaited the arrival of the escort very soon the natives arrived and halted close to the spot where they were lying in ambuscade garcia moreno in a short time came forward as an ordinary traveller and began to tell them amusing stories as if to while away the time the result was that no suspicions were aroused in their minds and very soon under the influence of chicha beer with which he plied them and the fatigue of their long march the whole company fell into profound sleep on waking they were horrified neither to find their agreeable companion of the night before nor the guns which garcia moreno and his companions had carefully carried off and placed in safety at last the revolution broke out in guayaquil on march sixth eighteen forty five under the direction of general elizade one half of the garrison tried to make some resistance but the principal people of the town besieged the barracks and forced them to capitulate this placed them in possession of the arsenal and all the munitions of war then all the heads of families assembled in council annulled the acts of the convention and pronounced a sentence of banishment on the president a provisional government was formed consisting of olmedo raca noboa and other eminent personages and they appealed to the people to help them in the struggle at the first news of the insurrection flores flew to guayaquil with his troops and camped in his hacienda of elvira near babahoyo from thence he dispatched messengers to try and come to some arrangement with the provisional government but they replied that the only way in which he could put a stop to the civil war was for him to leave the country he then determined to fortify elvira where two fruitless assaults were made on his position the struggle might have been prolonged had not the revolution extended to the whole of ecuador the patriots of quito enrolled under the banner of jose maria guerrero raised the standard of revolt in all the northern provinces garcia moreno was among his volunteers and after having beaten the government troops in several engagements forced the executives to leave the capital every day brought bad news to flores communications interrupted troops in revolt letters intercepted by the people so that not being able to struggle against both the army and the nation he determined to capitulate on june seventeenth eighteen forty five after two months of civil war the provisional government signed the treaty of virginia footnote the name of the hacienda or country place of the poet olmedo in footnote with general flores it was settled that the new government should at once convoke a convention to settle the affairs of ecuador and that in the meantime flores the ex-president should pass two years on foreign soil so that in his absence there should be no interference in their labors for the reform of the constitution on this condition they would allow him to retain his title of general-in-chief his dignities his property and the high consideration in which his family was held 
On the 24th of June, Flores accordingly sailed in the Sias de Marzo for Panama, and had the mortification of hearing the cries of joy mingled with the salvos of artillery, which greeted the triumph of right over despotism and tyranny. Garcia Moreno had been one of the principal actors in this religious and political drama. Stuck with the ascendancy which he exercised over all, with whom he came in contact, the government confided in him a difficult and delicate mission. It was absolutely necessary to give the troops their long arrears of pay, and as the treasury was entirely empty, an extraordinary tax had to be levied. The country, however, crushed by the extravagances of the late administration, and already overwhelmed with burdens, positively refused to pay, and the government charged Garcia Moreno with the disagreeable task of enforcing the levying of this tax. He undertook the onerous duty, and by his persuasions, his coldness, his tenacity, and his indomitable energy, triumphed over all opposition, and disarmed all the opponents to the measure. He showed his disinterestedness in this matter in the most remarkable way, refusing all payment for his service, and counting all personal sacrifices as nothing provided his country could be rescued from the apparently inextricable difficulties into which the despotism of her late rulers had plunged her. End of Part 1, Chapter 4